please be advised, this episode may include depictions of murder, sexual content, and foul language that is not suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome back to Wickedness. I'm Lenny. And I'm Matt. And first off, we just want to apologize for missing last week. We had an impromptu trip come up, and we weren't able to get this episode out uh, last week due to having some shenanigans of this past weekend. Yeah, we did. We went and saw some friends and our kids in Seattle. Yep. Definitely. It was a good time. You know, life happens. But hey, you know what? We are back, and we're getting back on track. Yeah. Yeah, we even got to spend some time with our granddaughters this past weekend, and that was kind of fun. They're definitely um, getting their personalities. Yep. They're funny. Yeah, I started a new J-O-B, so a new jobby job, and it's going well, and I like it, and it's like really close to home. It takes me like five to seven minutes. I think I swear I pulled out at 5.30, and I was in You pulled out? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I pulled out of the parking lot <laughs> at 5.30 and pulled into the driveway at 5.34. At least you clarified what you pulled out of. Yes. Always <laughs> clarify around my wife. Sorry. You know what? Let me tell this story, though. Like, he comes home from work today, and he's got this scratch on his face, and it's true crime serial killer week on... Um, oxygen channel so i've got the egg kemper thing going i made dinner and stuff and here he comes walking in the door with this scratch on his face and i was like you have a scratch on your face he goes where like he didn't know it was there so i touch it and then he's looking in the mirror he's like how did i get that and i'm like first off right off the bat i'm like are you a serial killer are you out (laughs) killing people when you tell me you're at work i am not covering for him people i am not just fy (laughs) whatever (laughs) I don't need you. (laughs) We'll be all right. He's not a serial killer. I just want to put that out there. Okay. (laughs) I really do believe he's at work every day. So didn't one of your beloved friends turn you on to this episode that we're doing? Yes, she actually did. Oh, so uh, how did this happen? What do you mean? Like, when did she tell you about it or what? Shut up. You were in the car. (laughs) On the way to the airport, wasn't it? Yes, on the yes, way to the airport. Was. She told me to check this check this case out, and I did, and um, here we are. Yeah, and <laughs> here we are. And here we are. And it's about the unsolved case of the Long Island serial killer. Yes, yes. Where they found bodies along the, was it the Gilgo Beach? Yeah. Is that how we say it? Gilgo Beach, yeah. So 
I don't know. I didn't know anything about this case because when people talk about the Long Island serial killer, the first person that pops in my head has been arrested. And I actually mentioned him in here. So, um, but I didn't know that these, this was a totally separate case. Mm -hmm. So I find this really interesting, but my friend told me to check out this podcast called unraveled. So I did. And it's crazy. Got some twists and turns in it, and so I a really good one to listen to. Definitely a good one to listen to. If you guys haven't listened to it, go check it out. There's also another podcast I listened to right after Unraveled because I was sucked into the wormhole of the Long Island serial killer, <laughs> and it's called Lisk for Long Island serial killer. Oh, Lisk. Okay. Yeah. Well, so go check that one out too. It's pretty good, and also watch the. It's not a documentary. It's a it's made mini for series movie. yeah, made for TV movie. I can't remember what channel. But anyway, I don't even remember what it was called now. <laughs> but it was based on this story. They even used the girls' real names and things like that. They didn't change any. I'm Did they sure. talk about it in one of the podcasts that you could watch it? Yeah, it was in. Uh, it was on Unraveled. Okay, but it's easy to find if you Google just Long Island serial killer stuff. Starts popping up about this made-for-TV movie type thing. That's it gave me a Lifetime movie feel, but it wasn't Lifetime. So go check those out and also listen to the podcast, the the episode that Crime Junkies did on it, on this because theirs theirs was pretty good too. I liked them all. So here we are trying to add to what other people have already done. But it's yeah. a freaking great case. So we're going to cover it. Yeah, and what's crazy, it's unsolved, right? It is. So there's a lot. There's theories out there, um, pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Especially on the Unraveled podcast, their theory, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. But hey. anyway. Yeah, we're going to try to jump right into this with both feet and hope that we capture this enough to detail it within the timeline here, right? Yep. All right. So, it seemed that this story started on May 1st, 2010, when 23-year-old Shannon Gilbert was hired by Joseph Brewer as an escort through Craigslist. She was driven to her appointment at Joseph's private residence on Oak Beach. In the early morning hours, she was seen by her driver fleeing Joseph's house in a panic, and she was on the phone with 911, which is strange in itself. Like, if her driver's there waiting for her to come out, I know I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but it just baffles me that that she didn't just go get in the car and she's on the phone with 911. But anyway, mm -hmm. the 911 tapes have never been released ever, which is also strange. Yeah, because usually unless there's an ongoing investigation, which in her case, there's not, they will have released 911 tapes. They have not released these tapes. So. The fact or it's, you know, it's said that she had stated that someone was trying to kill her yeah. on the 911 tapes. The fact that she had a driver that drove her to this appointment, waited for her outside, and was in charge of checking in with her, like they would text each other, hey, your time's up, or how's things going, or whatever. You know, doing his driver job for an escort. Mm -hmm. He's basically her sort of bodyguard in a way. Not yeah. In the way that he's accompanying her everywhere and he's going to, you know, throw down or something. But he's her protector. He's her lifeline as an escort sure. to know, to let, you know, it's going to, it's a deterrent for people to try and do anything to this person against their will, you know, kill them, rape them, whatever the case may be. 
when you know someone's waiting for her outside. Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, people aren't gonna be like, let me, let me. Well, that fooled my plan. I was gonna murder this chick and <laughs> right well it it's a, it really does act as a deterrent someone's waiting for her mm-hmm. she's coming and they out know, and they know where she went in they know exactly, exactly. What house. she knows or they know who too who yeah. she's going in to mm-hmm. see like this is not hidden from the driver at all so he is sort of her protector so all of this made me wonder why she didn't just go straight to his car so in like immediately i'm like what did he do to her as the driver. Yeah. He was cleared. But still, that was my initial thought was let's ignore everything else. She's on the phone with 911 for 23 to 28 minutes. Something yeah, like that's that. a long time. That's, that's a, a long 911 call. And she's she's not responding to him. So he reported he when she comes out, he reportedly called out for her as she ran by the car and he followed her in his car. He's following her. She's running down the road, knocking on neighbors' doors for help, screaming for help. And he gets out of his car and even talks to a guy that had answered his door. And, and is like, I, you know, like, I, I'll get her. Don't worry or something, you know, like that. And, and it's just, it's chaos. Like, she's freaking out. She's just gone mad. Yeah, yeah. So she's knocking on doors, begging for help. And there's a man... You know, on the, on the first door she she knocks on, he answers the door and he tells her, you know, like, I'm going to call the cops. Not no one can really get the context on that. It's not like he's I'm going to call the cops and get you help. Or is it I'm going to call the cops and get you arrested? Like, right. why You're are you beating on my here. door at 5 a.m. or yeah. whatever it was? Yeah. It's early yeah. morning hours. Yeah. So when she heard this, though, the man reported that she just stared at him in silence before taking off running again. So it's almost like she didn't want the cops, yet she's on the phone with 911. Yeah. Which is really weird too. Yeah. But her driver, like I said, he talked to the guy. The guy called 911 too. And then at you know, while he's talking to the guy, the driver's talking to this neighbor guy, she disappears. Like she he has no idea which direction she went. He has a he has kind of a, an idea mm-hmm. from the peripheral or whatever. And he just lost track of her. So like apparently, like it was said that there's this fork in the road near where she was running towards. And he went the wrong way. Okay. She went the other way because he didn't know. Yeah. And so he's like looking in the bushes and stuff for her. And, and meanwhile, she's she's gone left when he went right or something like that. Like, I don't know the actual mm-hmm. directions. But so he gives up on her when he can't find her in the bushes. Yeah. Which they say you don't do as a driver. Like, you don't just give up looking for the person you're supposed to be working with that day. But he went, he was like, screw this. I can't find her. So he actually left the area altogether. He's like, she's gone mad. She's gone crazy. I don't yeah. know what the hell. So he leaves the Oak Beach neighborhood. He leaves her behind. Like, okay. you're fending for yourself now. And meanwhile, again, she's gone a totally different direction in this fork. And she ends up at another neighbor's house, knocking on the door, calling, calling for help. And a woman lived there alone. And she's like, I'm not answering the door. Someone crazy knocking on my door at whatever time in the morning. So she called the police. She called 911 also. And from there, that's the last sighting of Shannon. She just totally disappeared, fell off the grid. So, yeah. it, I mean, it's just kind of crazy that these people could have helped her. She's screaming, running down in a neighborhood too. Like it's not, 
It's not like it's a deserted well, area. And it's two, in some of the theories that you'll have, you'll talk about. I mean, you know, when there's a nine one one call and there's calls being put out and where to go, who picked her up, who found her before? Right, right. I, I well, I don't know if anyone picked her up because it was said that she ran into the marsh. Mm. So Oak Beach is right by Gilgo Beach. Okay. Just so so you guys know. So police apparently cleared both the driver and Shannon's client from any wrongdoing. So that was when they the police finally decided to start searching for her. So they they get there and they talk to neighbors and stuff and they it was like a week or two before they actually started searching for her though. Jeez. Like how crazy is yeah. that? And it took them like an hour to get there, by the way. Like they didn't get there very quickly yeah, at all. Not very hasty. You're on <laughs> The phone with 911 for over 20 minutes and the police still take over an hour to get there. Yeah, that's bad. It's, yeah, it's more than bad. That's that's not even, you've got someone who's like, it's, someone's going to kill me, apparently, you know, reportedly saying someone's going to kill me and you take an hour to get there? Just come on. Yeah. So after her 911 call, they started this search and the search led to several gruesome discoveries that would lead police to start the search for a serial killer. Mm. But none of them were Shannon. Oh, really? But she's the cat. Like, she's what got this whole thing started. Oh, man. When they started searching for her, they, they found. Just, she just opened Pandora's box. Yeah. For yeah, these right. victims. When they finally started searching and mm-hmm. they had to search that area, they mm-hmm. started finding shit they didn't want to find. Jeez. So beginning in May 2010, when police were searching for Shannon in the Oak Beach area, their search led them to nearby Gilgo Beach on Ocean Parkway. Here, they discovered the remains of four bodies wrapped in burlap sacks on a deserted part of Ocean Parkway. These four victims, along with brief background for each of them, are as follows. Melissa Bartholomew, the first victim found, she was 24. Her remains were found in some brush off Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach on December 11, 2010. Her remains were skeletonized, meaning they were in the final stages of decomposition. And most bodies take a few months to a year to reach this stage of decomposition. And that all depends on the environment and other factors. But this helped in in identifying the remains and determining her date of death. She was last seen on July 12, 2009 in the Bronx. She grew up in upstate New York. After graduating from high school, she got her cosmetology license and worked at a Supercuts for a short time. She moved to the Bronx in 2007 when she was 20 years old, where she found work in a salon and had plans to open her own salon one day. She was just trying to save the money to do so. She was a blonde with hazel eyes, stood about 4'10", and weighed about 95 pounds. Oh, wow. Little thing. Yeah. You'll find all of them are. Oh. (laughs) It was discovered that she was working as an escort on Craigslist at the time that she went missing. Just like Shannon. Yeah. Shannon was also working off of Craigslist. Mm. Right? It's like another Craigslist killer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There are several out there. So the second victim with, that was found was 27-year-old Amber Lynn Costello. Her skeletal remains were found two days after Melissa's and only 0.16 miles away. Just off Ocean Parkway near Gilgo, Gilgo Beach. She was last seen leaving her home in northern Babylon, Long Island, getting into a client's car in September 2010. She was a brunette, brown eyes, stood 4'11", also weighing about 95 pounds. She was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, but was raised in Wilmington, Long Island. She was married twice in her short life. Jeez. Yeah. And was said to be very involved in her faith and her local church. However, she was also known to struggle with substance abuse, and her sister brought her to New York and checked her into rehab. And her sister claimed that her sex work had led her down the path to drugs again. Mm. 
The third victim found was Maureen Brainard Barnes, 25 years old, and her skeletal remains were found on the same day Amber's were found and only like a half mile away from where Melissa's remains were found in the brush. She lived in Norwich, Connecticut, but was last seen in Manhattan on July 9, 2007. She was staying at a Super 8 motel to arrange meetings with Craigslist clients, and she was expected to return home the next day. She had brown hair, brown eyes, 4'11", and also was a petite 95 to 100 pounds. She was a single mother of two. Shortly before her disappearance, she was laid off from her job in an effort to pay her bills and care for her children. She turned to the dangerous profession of prostitution, mm. soliciting through Craigslist. Mm. That's unfortunate. I know, but it, it's how it happens. The fourth victim found was 22-year-old Megan Waterman. Her skeletal remains were also found on December 13, 2010, after Melissa and Maureen were found, but on the same day. She was in the same strip of brush off Ocean Parkway, only a short 0.7 miles away from Maureen. She also advertised her escort services on Craigslist and was last seen in, I hope I say this right, Hopage, New York, at a Holiday Inn Express on surveillance video. She was blonde, blue-eyed, petite woman, but the tallest of all four victims standing at 5'5". These four have come to be known as the Gogo Four. It's worth noting that Gilgo Beach is the ideal dumping ground for bodies. It's said to be overgrown, swampy marshland. People uh, don't go out there and hang out. Wow. After this find, the FBI released the following profile, but it's important to know that the FBI is not investigating this case, even though they have an extensive knowledge of hunting serial killers and solving cases, as well as unlimited resources for investigating them. But I'm not in charge of anything, so whatever. Let's just tell you what the profile is that they worked up for this case. They said the Long Island serial killer would most likely be a white male in his mid-20s to mid-40s, well-spoken and college-educated, financially secure with both a job and a vehicle, have knowledge of police procedures and forensics, be charming and in a position of trust. He would be a methodical sadist and sexually deviant. He would be careful, classified as an organized serial killer. I'm not 100% sure what that means, careful classified. Yeah. Maybe that's just like a term that they use. That they use. Yeah. But, and he would live in New York, in the New York City, city area and be familiar with the Gilgo region because okay. of it being a swampy marshland that people don't yeah. really go to. These are very close to some of the theories I listened to on the other podcasts, but we'll get to those in a little bit. So several months after finding these first four victims, another discovery was found. Police were still searching for Shannon Gilbert, and on March 29, 2011, police found some more skeletal remains along Ocean Parkway. These remains were only partial remains and were identified as a 20-year-old escort named Jessica Taylor. Earlier on July 26, 2003, some, you know, several years earlier, some human oh, remains wow, yeah. were, yeah, they were found in a wooded area in Manorville, but the head, head and the hands were missing. Manorville is about 50 miles from Gilgo Beach, and they found that they, what they found on Gilgo Beach on Ocean Parkway mm -hmm. were her head and hands. Oh. So her torso was found years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, right? So, yeah, maybe <clears throat> committed that there and then took the other parts to Gilgo Beach yeah. to, to and dumped release them there. Them. Yeah. So less than a week after Jessica Taylor was found, Three other sets of partial remains were discovered on April 4th, 2011. So this guy was dismembering them. The first were some partial remains found off Ocean Parkway, just over two miles away from where the Gilgo, Gilgo Four were found. 
Similar to Jessica, a partial set of remains had also been found in Manorville years earlier in November 2000 by some hunters. And I find it weird that they found two sets of partial remains in Manorville all those years earlier. Yeah. But but were the were the Gilgo four were they um dismembered or were they more you know found whole? They were dismembered and put in burlap sacks. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said the built mm-hmm. burlap sacks. Okay. I didn't yep. know if they were more dismembered or what, or he no, changed but I, the way he was doing. Well, I think there are a few victims that were not dismembered. Okay. Coming up, but yeah. And maybe that's just because of time of the essence. Somebody. But you know, it's like some people said uh, there are serial killers out there who have been known to change their mo. Mm-hmm. They don't always stick with the same exact thing. Right. Hey, let me lead them off this case. I'm going to change up the way I'm doing things. Mm, or try, oh, you know what? This takes too long. I'm not in the mood to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm tired seriously? of that. Yeah. I've got my satisfaction from what I've done. I don't need to do right. all that. So they don't. Okay. They get a little cocky and they just start disposing of whole bodies, which in my opinion, good. It's like, don't cut them off. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I really do think that it's not unusual for a serial killer to switch it, switch directions. Mm, yeah, change but it up. Similar to, to Jessica, though, the par- a partial set of human remains have been found years earlier by some hunters, and these re- remains were known as John Doe Number 6 until May 28, 2020. 24-year-old Valerie Mack, through the use of genetic genealogy testing, was identified as Jane Doe Number 6. She went missing while living in Philadelphia, and she had no known ties to Long Island, which is crazy that she ended up there. So she yeah. could be. And there are some speculation that these this list of, of victims I'm reading off to you guys are not related. There are there is some speculation that there's more than one killer out there. Just just want to throw that out there. Um, she was last seen in the summer of 2000 in the Port Republic area of New Jersey. It was noted that she had lost her parents at an early age and entered the foster care system before she was adopted. She was living with her boyfriend when she disappeared, and the remains of a toddler around two years old was also found 0.7 miles from Valerie Mack. Mm. Yeah. That's bad. It, they tie the toddler to one of the victims. Okay. But the toddler, I think it's important to note that the toddler was not harmed like um yeah not dismembered or, or any of that yeah just was in the way yeah i'm not sure how he or she died but i just know that that it wasn't harmed yeah. like like the other women were right so also on april 4th 2011 the skeletal remains of an asian male were found on gilgo beach uh, about 0.28 miles away from where the fourth victim of the gilgo Gilgo 4, Megan Waterman was found. This is like a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> he est- he's estimated to be between 17 and 23 years old, wearing women's clothing, possibly involved in the sex trade, and approximately 5'6". They believed his death occurred 5 to 10 years prior to his remains being discovered. So he'd been there for a, a long time. Yeah. yeah, And so it may be unrelated, but may not be, because they believe that he was involved in the sex trade. And they think that even though he's male, maybe he was transgender or something, yeah. and and maybe this killer was like not expecting that until the deed right. was done or yeah. whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. he could have been tricked. A week later, on April 11th, 2011, police found the partial skeletal remains of two more victims seven miles away from the most recent three victims. 
They linked the toddler to the first set of remains found. They also linked this woman's partial remains to a torso found in a wooded area of Long Island's Rockville Center in 1997. Oh, wow. Yeah, so these go back. Some of these go back way far. A hiker found her torso crammed in a black plastic bag inside a green Rubbermaid container with a maroon towel and a flowered pillowcase. This unidentified woman had a tattoo of a peach on her left breast, and it had a bite taken out of it. So the press nicknamed her Peaches because they don't know who she is still, which Mm. is sad because they found her toddler and they were able to link them, but they don't know who she is. That's weird. So who's missing? Well, I mean, I understand their daughter and their grandchild. Yeah. And not saying. Right. Like that is so sad to me. Especially within that area. Right. Of New York State. That really hurts my heart. But the other set of remains found that day included the skull of an unidentified woman that were linked through DNA to remains found in Davis Park on Fire Island in 1996. Passersby walking on Blue Point Beach on April 20th, 1996, found the victim's legs wrapped in plastic that had some scarring on them and red nail polish on the toes. But this set of remains is still unidentified also. So they have a few Jane Doe's in here. A potential 11th victim is 19-year-old Tina Foglia. She was from Brentwood on Long Island, and she disappeared from a club called Hammerheads on February 1st, 1982. Jeez. Yeah. Way old. They found her dismembered body a month later in three different bags on the corner of Sagaticos. I don't know how to say that. Sagaticos Parkway. I don't know. I probably butchered it. She was killed decades before most of the other victims, but some people believe that she might have been an early victim of the Long Island serial killer. Sagatos. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I do this to myself? That parkway where Tina was found brings people straight into Captree State Park, which is a gateway into Ocean Park, and Ocean Parkway runs through both Oak and Gilgo Beaches, where the other victims have been found. So I think this is where they get the link but I'm not 100% sure. Tina's sister said that Tina had met a man at Hammerheads who she was dating and who she really liked, but only said that he was a doctor and never said what his name was, which file that into the back of your memory banks for theories. A potential 12th victim was discovered on March 3rd, 2007, when a suitcase with a woman's torso washed up on, on the beach of Harbor Island Park about 50 miles away from Gilgo Beach on the mainland of New York State. The victim had been stabbed and a tattoo of cherries on her left breast, just like peaches. One of her legs later washed up on Cold Harbor, Cold Spring Harbor, and the other one on Oyster Bay. Her head was never has never been recovered. A potential 13th victim was found on June 27, 2008. She was 39-year-old Tanya Rush. Her dismembered body was stuffed in a small suitcase and found discarded on the shoulder of Southern State Parkway, about 18 miles away from Gilgo Beach, and she was also a known sex worker. The 14th victim found was the catalyst for this entire investigation. Her disappearance sparked the discovery of many or of all of the previous victims. Uh, it was Shannon Gilbert. They uh, finally found her. Wow. As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Shannon went missing on Oak Beach on May 1st, 2010. She fled on foot from her client's home in the early morning hours, refusing to get in her driver's car, disoriented, and made a 23-minute 911 call that took the police an hour to respond to. She was seen running into the woods near Oak Beach. 
I know I have her noted as a potential 14th victim of the Long Island serial killer, and I put potential in there on purpose. Many believe she was the actually the 11th victim, and many of them of these others are not related at all. But they're all worth mentioning because it's not clear that they aren't all victims of the same man or men. And if there are multiple killers or they're not, definitely like, of the same area or maybe the same exactly the same so trade it's worth mentioning. that they were doing. Yeah, or yeah there's there's, there's stuff other that's links. Re- yeah. So it's worth mentioning them. Uh, Shannon's skeletal remains were found on December 13, 2011, in a marsh in Oak Beach. Her clothing, cell phone, and purse were found a quarter of a mile away just a few days earlier. It's so sad. She really wasn't that far away, yeah. and they s- didn't find her for like over a year. No, the thing with her again, did, she wasn't dismembered, though. She was, was not, I don't believe. She yeah. was one of the ones that wasn't um, dismembered. dismembered. Okay. Uh, Police claimed she possibly died from natural causes, and that's why I say if there's an ongoing investigation, that that makes it sense to not release a nine one one call. Yeah, but you're saying she possibly died from natural causes, or she might have drowned in the marsh where she was found. So then you could release the nine one one calls. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The medical examiner ruled her death as inconclusive, mm-hmm. and the police say they don't consider her a victim. She's listed on this, their site dedicated to the investigation, though, as a victim. And I don't know if that's because they're trying to hide something or what. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, it's, it's very confusing. This whole Shannon Gilbert case, aside from everyone else's, just baffles me. Yeah. Their lawyer had spent years trying to obtain the 911 call tape and had to take the police department to court to fight for access to it also. Like, he didn't, they didn't just turn it over to him. He finally won the case and received a copy of the 911 tape, but has been ordered that he can't release any details from it by the court. They, they, he can't talk about it. Wow. Though the argument on the podcast I listened to, and the fact is that, she, you know, they say she wasn't murdered and the case is technically not an open investigation on her end, they still won't release it. And that makes me wonder why. Like, why won't they release yeah. it to the public? Yeah. What's it's, on there that's so damning? Exactly. Or so, like, alarming. I mean, what could it be? I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a mystery, but I'm unless just saying. They, like, unless it incriminates somebody that they don't want incriminated. Yeah. Someone high up or something. Because I know Oak Beach was frequented, according to the podcast I listened to, it was frequented by, like, politicians, mm-hmm. higher up police, yeah. people, that kind of stuff. So was there a cover up? Right. And it's on that call. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just very frustrated by the whole thing. And also, it's important to note that, you know, her driver and, and I think her John both said that she was on drugs or disoriented or seemed like she was on drugs or something like that. A toxicology report showed there were no there were no drugs in her system. Yeah. None at all. Which so is weird. very unusual for an it's escort. It's so weird how she would not. She was just seeing red and she was just totally like so out of her mind that she didn't. Her escort. Without drugs involved. Yeah. Without drugs and was not paying attention to them. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And, and not only that, but there's some co- conflicting evidence come that came out from a, I don't know if it was the same medical examiner who's examined her body before or what, but that some conflicting evidence that said that Shannon was strangled. And if that's the case, then don't say that she died of mas- natural car- yeah. causes or possibly drowned in mm-hmm. the marsh then. Mm-hmm. Just come out and say, no, it, it could be linked mm-hmm. to these other deaths. And that's why we're not releasing the tape. But, like, be transparent. It yeah. can't be that hard. Yeah. 
just say me that. Me kind of going back to the way she was acting, I wonder if it was just like she had mental health things going on that well, contributed to the way that, she was acting. I know that um, I was reading that her her family had a history of mental health. Okay. As a matter of fact, I believe her younger sister, one of her younger sisters, Shannon's, um, I can't remember what exactly she suffered from, but it was she had some kind of an episode one night and she ended up stabbing her own mom to death. Oh, it was schizophrenia. Oh, was it? From the... Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. So she killed her own mom, right. Shannon's mom, mm-hmm. in 2016 from an episode. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean think maybe of that. Shannon did have some mental health issues, but if that's the case, then say that too. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. her mom's got to know, right? You would think she would have come out with that when True. she was such a hard pusher of getting these cases solved. Solved. A woman with a big pendant necklace found on her skeletal remains is possibly the 15th victim. She was found by another woman who was walking her dog near Oyster Bay on the northern shore of Long Island. The victim is around 20 years old, and she was found on January 23rd, 2013. There's not much known about her, and police have not linked her to the murders, but local media outlets have speculated that she might be linked because of the location. Yeah. Finally, the potential 16th victim from the Long Island serial killer was found on June 24th, 2013. 31-year-old Natasha... I, I think it's Yugo, mm-hmm. washed up on Gilgo Beach. She was last seen leaving her home on Queens Village on March 16, 2013, wearing pajama bottoms and a hoodie, driving her Prius. Her car was found abandoned along Ocean Parkway the day after she disappeared, and some of her clothing and personal items were found in the sand of the nearby beach. Even though her remains were, f- were found in the same location as many of the other victims, police have not officially linked her to the Long Island serial killer. Okay. So now that we have, you know, looked at... A lot of victims. Yes, we have. There could be... They, they speculate anywhere between the 10 and 16, for sure, mm-hmm. that, that are his. Um, if it's only one killer. Some There are also theories out there saying that it might be, like, a team. But... I tend to think one. Yeah. I don't have any reason for that. I just, I do. Just, I tend to th- just yeah. think that, yeah. It just seems to be how serial killers operate. They Majority. don't operate in a team. Right. So there's, there, you know, like I just said, there's, there's between 10 and 16 victims, and there are some weird theories that surround this unsolved case. And, of course, I have to put out there, these are, are specifically just theories. There's never been a suspect named. There's never been anyone that's been a true person of interest or any of that kind of stuff. Like there has been nothing from this case. Yeah. Nothing. That's wild. It is. So with that being said, so there, there has been a handful of people that have been mentioned either by news outlets or or in documentaries or podcasts. And the police do have pieces of DNA and a belt or a belt buckle. I wasn't hundred percent sure. I believe it was a belt that had lettering embroidered into it, like an HW or an, M or that they believe belongs to the killer. And they only just recently released that information. They had been trying to keep it back and hidden mm-hmm. while they, you know, to use against yeah. someone in court. But now they're yeah. desperately reaching out to the public for help. So maybe they really are stumped too. So the first person of interest to discuss is former police chief James Burke. The podcast unraveled really focused on him as a potential suspect because he has had a shady past. He was found to be a corrupt cop who floated to the highest rank as chief of police in Suffolk County, which is the same county the victims were found in. 
He was known to have had sex with prostitutes while on duty in the past and had reportedly asked another officer in his department once about snuff films. Yeah. He was also rumored to have participated in sex parties on Oak Beach. So he was one of the higher ups that had participated in this stuff along with politicians and stuff. Oh, man. This provided background that matches the profile that the FBI had developed about the Long Island serial killer. If you go back to that profile and look, mm-hmm. white guy, knowledge of police. Forensics were, yep. and investigating and all that. It just kind of fits. Yeah. Um, also, while the Suffolk County police were beginning their investigation into these murders, James reportedly blocked the FBI from assisting with the case, which... That's really is strange. really strange. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you want their help? I would think you'd want them helping to get a drained killer off the streets. Like, seriously, why wouldn't you? Yeah. If you want more details about him and this theory, really go listen to that un- unraveled podcast. It it makes you start thinking some yeah. crazy thoughts. Really, pretty good, especially you know how they talked about him. Yeah, the way that they covered all of his history it was i mean it's worth it's go listen to it it's only seven episodes so the next person of interest is john bitruff which is who i was talking about earlier though it's important to note that he's not he was not suspected in all the murder murders only one of them he was convicted of killing two sex workers and suspected of killing a third and he was sentenced to 25 years for both murders however he's he was still free when the long island serial killer investigation began so he's the one I was talking about whenever at the beginning when someone says Long Island serial killer, this is the the guy that first pops in my head. Oh. But he only was convicted of killing two people, hmm. suspected of three, and could have been, though, involved in some of these. He was noted to be a carpenter, and he had lived close to where some of the body parts had been found, which I find strange. Yeah. You're a convicted killer, not at that time, but soon. Mm-hmm. And they're finding body parts near where you live. Yeah, it's just... It's kind of too... Too coincidence. Yeah. So I think there's potential that he may have been responsible for some of the murders that I told you about in this episode. But I don't think he is the Long Island serial killer that we're actually talking about in this episode. I don't think he had anything to do with the like the go-go four and Mm -hmm. stuff. But maybe we'll cover John Bitroff in a whole other episode in the future. All right. (laughs) So the third person of interest to note is Joseph Brewer. He was the client Shannon had gone to see the night she disappeared and called 911. I think if he didn't do it, he knows more than than he's told police. That's my personal opinion concerning concerning Shannon's disappearance. Even if he didn't do it. Really? I, I really think that he he knows more than he said. Is I, it some of that kind of those higher up party things? Yeah, I, I mean, there's speculation that he was hosting one of those sex parties that oh. night and you know that there were known these were known to happen on oak beach quite frequently among certain people that live there hmm. so but he was cleared as a sus- suspect i'm not sure what police found out about him to clear him but he was cleared i just want to make that perfectly clear that i mentioned that so that no one comes back and is like you accused something yeah he was cleared the fourth person of interest to note is Dr. Peter Hackett, one of Joseph Brewer's neighbors who lived on the be- on Oak Beach. He reportedly called Shannon Gilbert's mom, denied making the phone call, but phone records later proved that he had called her, making up a story to her that he ran a clinic for wayward girls and he had tried to help her that night that she went missing. 
which is <laughs> that's odd, strange. Yeah. So the thing is, he was known for inserting himself into investigations for years. He he would he had a police scanner and he would report to EMS calls yeah. on Oak Beach and yeah. stuff like that. Like he was kind of maybe it was just that weird like I just gotta to, be involved guy. Just, yeah, just weird. Yeah. So this weirdness that we're talking about mm-hmm. and how he liked to insert himself and stuff since he had that history of it police cleared him they that's why they cleared him yeah not because he had an alibi not because he could prove that he didn't do anything because he put himself in the middle of stuff and they're like oh yeah he couldn't he didn't do it yeah i find that strange too mm-hmm. like what that's how you clear people well, he's just a goofy weird doctor <laughs> <laughs> well he was cleared I just find it I mean, strange I don't how know. he I mean, was it's, cleared. It's it's odd behaviors. Um, it's extremely odd it's behavior. Odd behaviors. But you know, recently we did a a whole thing on um what's his name that was a airline pilot now wants to become a cop, oh, and then he's sure. just buying his own cop car that he's making seven <laughs> bucks an hour. I mean, right. and he's hanging out. There are strange people. Out it's there. just it now. That's not just yeah, but as, he really did kill his wife. Well, yeah. Who you're talking about? Well, he did. Oh no, <laughs> to make to make your point, <laughs> um, and not mine. But um, yeah, I mean, he was just into. I mean, he got, became very just this narcissistic type. Yeah, maybe the doctor is and... is that guy. But again, like I just said, that guy killed his wife. Yeah, so. true, true, true. The fifth and final person of interest is James Bissett. He was a co-owner in the Long Island Nursery and a major supplier of burlap sacks in the area. And if you remember, the Gogo Four were reportedly found in burlap sacks. Days after Shannon's remains were found, James committed suicide. So there's never been able to be a formal oh, investigation geez. into his involvement, mm. which is suspicious. Like. Yeah. Oh crap! They found that last victim. Let me let me, me off myself. Yeah, yeah before I get yeah. caught because I didn't dismember her or whatever you're, mm-hmm. you know. But again, they couldn't do an investigation. To There's... me, this whole thing feels like it's a dumping ground. Yeah, I think so too. I understand it could be one killer, but it but seems with like so, so many and so many different situations. A few more than one. Yeah, I I think you're probably. I mean, let's say the that James Bissick guy with the burlap sacks killed the four. Oh, just yeah. those four. And someone else killed Shannon. Yeah. I mean, and, I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, there's, I mean, you're right. I mean, it could, I mean, there could be, yeah, that could I be the case. I just feel like there's a few more just the way this is kind of going down mm-hmm. than just, just, just one. one. Mm-hmm. Well that, I mean, I don't know if that makes me feel better or not. <laughs> I almost want it to just be one. Yeah. Because that's just one person sure, you have yeah. to worry about and not four or five or six. Yeah. Um, just that's, one to get off the streets. Yeah. But I kind of agree with you that mm-hmm. probably more than one. So this case is, is still unsolved, as I mentioned before, and there are many articles about it. Police are slowly releasing more and more evidence in an attempt to jog the public's memory and try to generate leads on previously unreleased evidence like the belt. But... To me, the FBI should be working this case with the local police. If they aren't by now, you know, already, I, like, I would hope so, being oh, that yeah. the former chief is former chief 
and the former DA who was supporting the chief gone. as former. Yeah, they're long gone. So I would hope the FBI is involved now, but I don't know. We hear too many unsolved cases that the police either botched it from the beginning or didn't follow leads that they should have, or as in this case, showed corruption within the local police department. And it would be interesting to see what happens with this case. And I just hope that no new victims crop up. Yeah. You know, uh, I yeah. mean, I really hope that no one, no one else dies from mm-hmm. the, at the hands of whoever this is. But that's our story of the Long Island serial killer. Very nice. Yeah. I do wonder if Shannon hadn't gone missing that night, would they have found the other victims? Would they have gone out searching in that beach? I'd like probably, to say. Probably not. Finally? Eventually? I mean, eventually, but probably not when they did. Yeah. No. And we've seen that, too. It's sad because we've seen that people, like, don't search for sex workers. That's a history. Like, look at the, the pig farmer mm-hmm. in Canada. Oh, yeah. And... Oh my gosh, almost every story we've covered. Look at the the Oklahoma City butcher. Those oh. ladies were known prostitutes, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? Like like people just don't look for them, which is sad and it needs to change. It it shouldn't matter if you're a CFO or streetwalker, like you Oh yeah, you should be treated the same because right. you're a life. Right. Period. Doesn't right. your circumstances should not matter. Well, just because you're a prostitute it doesn't mean you want to be killed. Exactly. I mean, so you should the investigation it should, should be treated the same. No one I mean, asks for are that. You, are you around more dangerous things that could happen to of, you? Yes, you yes. are. And do you knowingly take but that risk? Because, but yes, because, you do. But yeah. still, that doesn't but, but mean. But it means you were asking to die. No, and it doesn't mean you don't Because then deserve... some people would say, oh, you were asking for it. Well, no, they weren't asking for that. No, they weren't. And, and it, you know, that's kind of going back to what I was saying. They doesn't mean that police shouldn't look as hard as they would for someone else. Like, find the damn killer. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Yep. Bring these ladies justice because they were doing what they had to do. Yeah. Anyway, soapbox. <laughs> Stepping down. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd please go and rate and review us, it would help us out. Also, check us out on anchor.fm slash wickedness where you can support us if you'd like. We would appreciate it. And also contact us via email at wickednesstruecrime at yahoo.com. Feel free to check us out on the website at Wickedness True Crime and the Unknown.com and follow us on Instagram at Wickedness True Crime. Thanks again for listening. We hope you all had a gr- all have a great week and we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.